If you believe in what we just sang, if you believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that he was in a tomb 2,000 years ago and he came out alive, he died for your sins, put your hands together now and give him some praise. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. Amen. Hallelujah. We're here today to celebrate that. We're celebrating that he is, in fact, God's son. And he loves you more than anybody else in this world will ever love you. We're here for Easter, celebrating Easter. Done did one service this morning, and I'm going to tell you, it was fun. I've never preached twice in a day. Always somebody else did it. So, and we had breakfast, so if I get sleepy and start falling asleep while I'm preaching, somebody take a shoe off and throw it at me and wake me up and get me back in the line. But we're just so thankful that you're here with us today. It is my prayer that when we leave here today, every one of us, I don't care how old you are, how young you are, I, my prayer is we leave this church different than when we came in today. And it can happen. If we just let the Holy Spirit do his work inside of us, he'll feed us, he'll change some things in us, he'll do some rearranging. That's what he does, and that's, that's a part of his love. His love is, is to do that changing for us. Very patient. How many of you patient with your kids? Yeah, we know what I'm talking about. You've got to be patient with your youngins when they're real little, like Jocelyn, and when they're 15, and when they're 18, and when they're 50. I guess. I don't know. I haven't got there yet, but I need patience and need it right now. That's right. But this morning, we started off by talking about the resurrection of Jesus. Now, I've been working on a series for the last bit, and we're finishing it up this morning right now. Because I think God put this together. I didn't plan it out this way, but it worked out to where we're at the millennial kingdom. That's where we're at. We're getting ready to study and talk about the millennial kingdom. And it all goes back to Jesus being resurrected and he is Lord. We just sing about it. He's coming back, folks. He's coming back and it ain't going to be long. The Bible talks about, and if you're visiting and you've not heard this kind of talk, then good, we can talk afterwards. But if you know what I'm talking about, it hopefully it'll make sense. But the Bible talks about that there's going to be a lion and the lamb. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Well, I'm just going to help you with your theology because it just threw me for a loop because that ain't in the Bible. The idea is, but in Isaiah, it says... The wolf will lay by the lamb. See, the ideal of the lion and the lamb is the picture of Jesus after the order of Melchizedek back in the Old Testament. He was king and priest. Jesus is coming back. He's going to be king and priest. Our high priest, that's where the ideal comes from. So I wanted you to know that. The wolf will lay down. It's talking about harmony. It's giving us this picture of harmony in our millennial kingdom is what it's talking about. But the picture is, is that Jesus is someday going to be on this earth, and I don't think it's going to be long, and he's going to be ruling from Jerusalem, and he's going to be the high priest, and he's also going to be the king. So he's going to have two hats. And so 
We need to understand that when he went into the grave, whenever he was put into the grave and he was crucified, his crucifixion was so that you and I wouldn't have to try to pay the penalty of sin because we can't pay that penalty. We would be forever separated from God if it wasn't for the blood of Jesus, a lamb that was led to the slaughter. In the Old Testament, if you know what I'm talking about, they would kill the animals on the Day of Atonement to take the blood in and to scatter them. They did it once a year. But all that did was to cover the sins. But Jesus cleanses us. He's the perfect Lamb, the Son of God, the Righteous One. And He went to the cross for us. He shed His blood for us. But not only that, when He was resurrected, He made a trip into heaven, into the into the actual holy place because the one that Moses had on this earth was, was a holy place that was a symbol of or likened to what he saw in heaven. And so Jesus ascended to heaven to sprinkle that precious blood and once and for all to take care of sin. That way if I die today or you die today or let's say the Lord comes back today, we go to heaven. If you're a believer, if you're not a believer, I'm, I'm here to tell you that's not where your home's going to be. And I can't pull the punches, and I'm not going to pull the punches because I have to answer to him, and my conversations on this earth are going to go a whole lot worse than the one that I have with him. So I have to tell it that way. I hope it's okay. But if he's not your Lord and Savior, and that don't mean just words, that means he is ruling your life, there might be something different in store. Because there's a lot of preachers, there's a lot of teaching going on in America today that tries to smooth it over, fluff it up, puff it up. But I wanted you to know that starting off. Okay? But, here's the good news. If we are saved, if Jesus is our Lord and Savior, we've been studying and finding out about these rewards that we're going to earn, the rewards that we're earning are so that he receives the glory, right? And so he says, I'm going to reward you for these things that you've done, and if when we get into heaven, when the time comes, Jesus is going to be receiving that glory. He's going to receive it now. If we're sharing the gospel, which is something we're told to do, then he's going to receive the glory. Always he receives the glory. So here we are, and we have this, this lion and this lamb. And it's by the order of Melchizedek. But what we're talking about in the millennial kingdom is a thousand-year reign. Now, this is Ken's opinion because you can find a, there are a dime a dozen almost with all, across the board of denominations. But here's my opinion. There's going to be a peace treaty that's going to set this thing off. This peace treaty will be with the land of Israel. How many of us know we've been watching the news and the political guys need to be a peace treaty? Everybody's wanting peace. Somebody thinking it ain't going to happen. Someday a peace treaty is going to come about with the land of Israel and that's going to set off this, what we call the tribulation time. Now there are those that believe in mid-trib, post-trib, and you know what, you can get caught up in those arguments if you want, but the next thing you know the flesh gets out, you start getting mad, you quit talking to each other. Don't go there because that's not what Jesus wants us doing. Find it in the Bible, I happen to believe that it is going to be, we're going to be raptured out of here before it gets bad. And it's going to come about by this peace treaty. I think that's going to be the thing that's going to set it off. That this peace treaty will come in with Israel and then we will start this time. But 
I don't know when that's going to be. People will set dates all the time. It could be today before we're done. I don't know. It could be five years from now. I don't know. But I do know that it's going to happen because the Bible tells us that it's going to happen. So we're going to have this time that's going in. And most people say, well, you know, the gospel has to go all the way around the world. Have you ever heard of the World Wide Web? You know, when you get on your computer up in the top, you type www.whatever. World Wide Web, the gospel is going around the world. Have you ever saw satellite TV? I mean, we can watch stuff that's happening right now on the other side of the world. I got up the other morning and Brussels had been bombed and it, you could almost smell the smoke coming off the TV. It was so real because it was right real time. So this gospel is going around this world. And it can happen at any time when Christ is going to come back. Now at the end of this tribulation... In Revelation 7, 7, Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Now, I want you to get a picture of this. Jesus is coming down at the end of this seven-year tribulation period. Because he did say, after he was resurrected, he said, the angel said, You will see him come back in like manner. There in, in, in the book of Acts, right? So, here you have Jesus. He's coming back. And before he sits his foot down on the ground, he's on his white horse and he's going to have ten thousands of his saints. That would be the ones that was raptured out with him. That'd be us. And we're going to be riding horses. Can you believe that? Do you like horses? If you don't learn to, because we're going to be coming back with him one day riding on these white horses. And he's going to stop up here and he's going to stop and hang out just over, over top of Israel. And he's going to be right over where Armageddon, the battle of Armageddon is going to be, and Jesus is going to take care of some business. He's going to stop these armies with the sword of his mouth, the Bible says. He's just going to stop and he's going to speak the word, and all of a sudden, these armies are going to be done. We're talking about getting ready for the millennial reign. You understand what I'm talking about? That's where we're going to rule and reign with Christ for a thousand years on this earth. The believers. Okay? So, he stops up here because he has this unfinished business. So he's got to take care of these armies that's all set to go against God. You know, anybody is not too smart if they think they can outdo God. Got all the weapons, got all the know-how. No, Jesus ain't even going to fire a shot. He's just going to speak the words and bam, they're done with. They've been taken care of. And he will destroy all these armies. He'll just speak it. The Bible tells us that every knee will bend bow, bend, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. On that day, when he's up here hanging over the skies, he just pulled his horse up short. I just pictured it in my mind. And, and all of a sudden, when he speaks that word, you know, people's going to know that's the Lord. They're going to be standing there just standing and looking in awe and say, you know, they did say this was going to happen. We won't be here because we're going to be, you know, on one of them horses back yonder behind him. So he's going to come in and he's going to take care of that. And the next thing he's going to do when he comes down is he's going to take one angel, one angel. I've got to look at the scripture. i got the scriptures wrote down. I, got to, I can't memorize them. Revelation 20 and 1. Then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and, the great chain, and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, the serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him 
so that he should deceive the nations no more till a thousand years were finished. That's the second thing Jesus is going to do. He ain't even set foot on the ground yet. He's going to take care of the armies, and then he's going to get one angel, and this one angel's coming with this great big logging chain probably. I don't know. I mean, I'm just throwing that out. But it says a chain, and I ain't going to change it. But he's coming with a chain, and he's going to take the devil, and he's going to bind him up. And he's going to throw him into the bottomless pit. And for a thousand years, he's just going to be fine. And it's not on the earth. Because if you dig into the earth right now, you're going to come out on the other side. It ain't bottomless. It's somewhere. I don't know where it is. The Bible doesn't tell it. Let me tell you something. Help you out with a lot of things. If the Bible is silent on something, you and me need to stay silent on something. Because God didn't have a reason for us to know. Otherwise, we can get ourselves in trouble trying to figure things out and applying it and with our own little minds. If the Bible ain't saying then the Lord will let us know someday because it wasn't for us to know or he would have wrote it down. Does that make sense? So I don't know. It's a bottomless pit. It can't be on the earth. So anyway, he's going to be in here and he's going to be in this bottomless pit. He ain't going to be able to bother people anymore. Anybody know what I'm talking about, the devil bothering you? Come on, believers. We get bothered by the devil. Am I right on that? Why did we have seven churches that needed to do some repenting? We talked about them the last two weeks. The devil is not going to leave you alone. He's going to get on your back. And believers have to repent. Read it in Revelation 2 and 3, those seven churches. Every one of them, he said, I got something against you, and you need to repent. So we need to continually be in, in repentance, but the devil will not leave you alone. Whatever has tripped you up your entire life is the same junk he's going to go back and try to use. We got to overcome it. We got to be strong enough to overcome it. We got to be able to go to the Lord and say, Lord, I need help overcoming this. We need to go to some brothers and sisters and we need to have some prayer warriors get down on their knees with us and say, I need some help with this. And you want to know something? If we got God in us, we're going to get there and help them. We're not going to be throwing rocks at them and throwing stones, knocking them down. No, we're going to get right down into the mud and the mire and all the muck and we're going to pray with them until the Lord helps them to come through. Because that's what the devil does. But when we get to this millennial reign, guess what? He's bound up. We ain't going to know how to act living in a life without temptation. Living a life without the devil just knocking on your door every, every turn. It's going to be like that in the millennial reign. And Jesus ain't even set his foot on the ground yet. <sighs> the next thing is going to happen is going to be the reaping, reaping of the wheat and the tares. You know the Bible says that one will be taken and one will be left. One will be taken and one will be left. I always wondered about that. That's not the rapture. This is when he's going to be cleansing this earth up for us to come back to. Okay? Because he says here in Luke 17 and 26, And as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the days of the Son of Man. What was going on? What happened in the days of Noah? Everything got destroyed except what? The righteous. He goes on down there a little other place else and he says, and says it was in the days of Lot. What happened in the days of Lot? Sodom and Gomorrah. Sends his angels in to get them out. The righteous ones come out and he sends fire and brimstone down and destroys the place. 
So that whole place, Zeboim, it's all around it. All these places are destroyed and, and they're going to be cleansed. But only the righteous get out. That's what he's talking about. He's getting it ready for us to come back because all the junk has to go away. So before he sets his foot on the earth, he's going to destroy the armies, he's going to bind the devil, and he's going to send one of his angels to bind all these wicked things. But there's a prophecy that says he's going to ride through the eastern gate. Have you ever seen a picture of the eastern gate in Jerusalem? If you've ever saw a picture of the Dome of the Rock, you know the Golden Dome, most of the pictures taken there are looking at the eastern gate. But the eastern gate simply looks like a wall or a door that has been blocked up. There's not a gate there. Why is that? Well, you have these fellows called Muslims come in. These Muslims said, you know what? This is our land, and you ain't coming in. And what did they do? They got them some blocks and some cement, and they, they, they fixed up that gate to where you can see the outline of it, but they've got it sealed off. Now, obviously, these guys don't believe about Jesus with his resurrected body. And by the way, bodies like we're going to have, he just kind of went through walls and stuff like that. I ain't making it up. It's in there. But that's their thought is that they're going to be able to keep this coming king out of there. They think they're going to be able to do that. And they not only did that is they put an Arab cemetery right in front of that eastern gate because it's unclean for a Jewish man to walk through a cemetery. So they've done all this to try to keep Jesus from coming into the eastern gate heading to where he's supposed to be. comes down and when he comes down and when that horse lights on the ground that's a flying horse I don't know if it's got wings or not the Bible doesn't say I don't know I don't care he's on a horse and it's in the air and it comes to the ground can't help you with any more than that be speculation but he's on a horse and when this horse sits down where's he going to sit down he's going to sit down at the Mount of Olives the Mount of Olives is where all these pictures are taken, looking to the eastern gate and looking to the Dome of the Rock, that golden dome. Those are the pictures that people take. And when he sits down on that, the earth's going to start trembling a little bit. It'll be a little tremble. But when Jesus gets out and he sits his foot down on the ground, there's going to be an earthquake. It says it's going to split the Mount of Olives in two, and if it splits the Mount of Olives in two, it's going to go right through the Eastern Gate. It's going to go right through that Arab Cemetery. It's going to throw it all out of the way. He's going to get on that little stallion, and he's going to ride him up into the city, and he's going to say, look here, it's always been mine. It's mine. It's always been mine. It's still mine, and I'm going to rule and reign from here just like my father said. Now that's something to be happy about. And he ain't even got to do nothing. When his foot hits the ground, the earthquake happens. Now that just, just gets me tickled. That makes me wonder and that makes me look forward to when that time comes. Oh my, he's going to come in and he's going to be in that city. He's going to be ruling and reigning. And he's going to repossess this earth. And he will rule as the priest and the high, the high, high priest and the king. Now this thousand years is so that we get our Sabbath rests that he talks about in Hebrews 4. 
We've been struggling. We've been fighting through this thing. We've been dealing with pain in our bodies. We've been dealing with all kinds of junk. And yet we're still holding on and enduring for the Lord. And yet we're going to have a time that we're going to have this rest on this earth where the devil ain't going to bother us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? He ain't going to be able to bother us. Because he ain't here. His influence ain't here. All the things that influence that way have been taken out. When those angels came and reaped them together and bundled them up and cast them into the fire, we're going to have this time that the, he, we're going to have this, this Sabbath rest. And he will restore Israel. You know, in the Bible, he told Abraham, he said, everywhere you set your foot will be your land. Not what they own today, and not what the governments of the world are trying to sign treaties to say, hey, this is what we want. No, everywhere that Abraham walked, if he got over to the edge of the cliff and looked over and put his eyeballs over yonder, that's his. And it's going to be reestablished when Jesus comes back. Israel's going to get what they have. But guess what? The church, that's us, the body of believers that came in. We're not the Israelites, but we came in. We've been grafted in, but what do we get? We're at the rest of the world. And we've, we'd already studied and looked at the, who's going to be the rulers of those things. You're going to be rulers of nations with a rod of iron, he says, if certain things that we overcome. Why? Because we're going to be on this earth doing that for a thousand years. We haven't got to the place of an of a endless vacation. We're going to be here on this earth doing what the Lord has us to do. Don't know what it is. The Bible's not clear on it, but it's going to be kind of like government and things. I don't know how it's all going to work out. It's, it's as vague as it can be, but we know that that's going to happen. We're going to be kings and priests, the Bible says. You know, we're going to be walking the earth with Adam and Eve, Moses. Can you imagine that? Abraham. We're going to see these fellows, Elijah, Enoch. You know, Enoch, was he walked with the Lord and was no more. He was raptured out. We're going to be on this earth with them, Brother Eddie. Can, don't that just excite you? Wearing these white garments, we're going to be, oh, and Jesus is going to be ruling from Jerusalem. He's kind of like the president of the world, so to speak. That's how it's going to be. Jerusalem's still going to have somebody there. Who's it going to be? Anybody know? David. King David. King David's going to be there taking care of Jerusalem. He's not going to do the world, but he's going to get back on his throne. That is exciting to me, and we get to know who these people are, all because of what Jesus did on this day. Went to, went to bat for us, so to speak. That's what he did. He went to bat for us. Done the job that we couldn't do for ourselves. We're celebrating his resurrection today, and someday there's going to be another one. If we die before this time comes, whenever this day comes at the end of this, we're going to be called up out of here. So you'd be laying in the grave or whatever, and you're just going to get sucked up and have a new body. It ain't never going to break down. Can you imagine that? A body that ain't going to get sick? You, know, you drop, a, drop a tire on your toe, you don't feel it? It's just wonderful. It's bliss. All because this is what God has told us he's going to give us. And we get to be with Jesus throughout all of this. But there's going to be no more war in Isaiah 2 and 4. And he shall judge between the nations and rebuke, and rebuke many people. 
They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war any more. Fox News and CNN and all of them would just go out of business if they didn't have war to talk about. Fighting. I'm not talking about just armies and stuff. I'm talking about war. People just always at one another. Always something going on. Can you imagine life like that? Life that we don't have that kind of stuff happening. The earth will be delivered from her curse. Roses didn't used to have thorns. You could pick them and not get cut. Give them to you, sweetie, and she could smell them and not stick them in her nose or nothing. Carnivorous animals will not be that way no more. Herbivorous animals will be that way. Poisonous snakes, they ain't going to be poisonous no more. Poisonous animals are not going to be poisonous no more. The desolate earth will be a lot like the Garden of Eden. These are the things that's going to be restored from the curse that is upon this earth that came by sin, all because of what Jesus did on this day. Jesus will be glorified, and he will rule, Zechariah 4 and 9. And the Lord shall be king over the earth, and in the day it shall, it shall be, the Lord is one, and his name is one. Hebrews 2, uh, 12 and 2, looking unto Jesus, the author and finish of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. The reason why he went ahead through this is he was able to see into the future what he had in store for us. That's why he was down in agony in the garden. And he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And he got up, he put his man pants on, and he went and took care of business that none one of us could take care of. That's what he did. That's Jesus. And yet he's a meek fellow too, but you don't mess with Jesus to restore all these things, to restore our relationship with God. We'll have bodies that will not deteriorate. Wow. Carson, you can get out and walk all the garden all you want. Your back ain't going to give out, buddy. Your legs ain't going to hurt at night. No, you can get out and still outwork me. <laughs> That's, we're going to have a new body. But this picture of harmony in Isaiah 11 and 6, I'm going to read it for you now. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb. The leopard shall lay down with the young goat. The calf and the young lion and the fatling together. And the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young ones shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Can you believe that? He ain't hunting meat no more. He's just going to get him some grass to eat. The nursing child shall play with the cobra's hole, and the weaned child shall put his hand in the viper's den, but it ain't going to hurt. Do you believe that this morning, what I just read? This is what God told us. Do you believe that? See, if you don't believe that, then this series means nothing, and you got to ask yourself, well, why am, I, why am I serving God for? Because he gave you promises right here. This is what's to come. That's why we endure to the end. This is what's to come. If you're saved, it's just the beginning. If you're not saved, it's the end times for you. I can't stress that enough.
After the millennium reign will be the great white throne judgment. That's not for believers. That's for all the sinners that never received Jesus Christ. They will give an account for every sin. It's not God's fault, and that's what the world tells you. I've heard, as a matter of fact, before I got saved, I even used it. Well, if he's so much love, how come he's like it? Because he made the way. All I've got to do is receive it. I've got to say no to flesh and take Jesus in and say, guess what? You're going to be Lord of my life, and I'm going to follow you wherever you go. It's my choice. The Lord never made me do that, and he ain't going to make you. But he says you have a choice. But there's coming a day when that judgment's going to come down. And everybody will give an account. And then the punishment will go out to those for their deeds. And he says there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. A new heaven and a new earth. He's going to cleanse this whole place. I don't know how it's going to happen. The Bible's unclear on it. After this thousand year reign, some way, somehow... Maybe we're going to go back up to heaven for a bit. Maybe we're going to head back up to heaven for a worship service. And then all of that time, God's just going to like speak the words, clap his hand, snap his finger, whatever it is, and it's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. All restored. All perfect. All perfect. There's going to be a new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven. This city is 1,000 and 400 miles square. Anybody got any idea how big that is? If you drove from Virginia Beach to the very middle of the state of Kansas, that is 1,400 miles, give or take a foot or two. It's pretty close. That's a long ways. But it's a square. So that means you get to cover about all of the United States plus a little bit. North to south. And it's thick. 1,400 miles thick. The Mount Everest is like seven miles, 30-some thousand feet. It's like seven miles high. It hasn't even scratched the surface of how big you got to go up into the air. And that, my friends, I believe is where we're going to go and worship the Lord. You know, he said that, it's going, that, that a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. I picture this in my mind that we're going to be when we get out of the thousand-year millennial reign and now that we've gone on for eternity, we're going to spend this time with the Lord. We're going to spend this time going to see the things we wanted to see, the things of God that's just going to continually, continually, continually keep us in awe. We're going to be like, wow. You ever had a wow moment before? Well, God's got about a billion wow moments for you just waiting in eternity, and we're going to say, wow. How did you do that? Boy, what a plan you had. But then we're going to go for maybe 6,000 years or six days, however it would go, and it's going to come back and it's going to be this time for our Sabbath, our time to worship. We're going to call back into the city. We're going to hear the shofar blow. We're going to come back into the city for worship time. Worship time. Worship time. Worship time. I mean, I'm talking about singing a choir that is a thousand upon thousands and ten thousands of the saints. We're going to have angels. We're going to seraphim be dancing around for Jesus. We're going to have all this going on, and you're going to have us, and we're going to be there singing, and we're going to be giving glory to God. We ain't going to care what kind of guitar they're using. We're going to be giving praises to God because He's on the throne, and He's the one that deserves the glory. That's what we're going to be doing. 
That's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be giving Him praise. Can I tell you something? What we're doing on this earth, we're getting ready. We're, this, is, this is training school for praising God. We haven't done it yet in this church. It ain't going to be done yet in this church, but it sure is fun to try. There ain't no church around that's ever got to that place of going to give the worship like it's going to be in heaven. We're going to have, remember I told you last week about the pillars. If you're one of these pillars, you overcome and you've been considered as one of these pillars, you come into the city and the Lord says, oh, I've got a reserved place for you up here. Come on up. And you're going to, maybe you're going to help lead the praise and worship. But that's what it's going to be like. And then after we spend this time worshiping God, we get to go back out again. Do the things that God has set us for. Maybe we're going to go hang out with Jesus for a thousand years on a, on a fishing dock. I don't know. The Bible is unclear about it. But that's what we're striving for, brothers and sisters. That's what we're looking forward to. And we'll find out that a whole lot of stuff that just got us all bent out of shape while we was on this earth was nothing more than the devil. And we was foolish enough to let him take us on that road. Because it had absolutely nothing to do with God. Eyes have not seen nor ear heard nor entered into the hearts of men the things that God has in store for those that love him. We cannot fathom. All because of what happened that Easter Sunday 2,000 years ago.